0: This this, this this is K- you. K U T. K U T Austin. Stop. I used to get mad.
1: Hello and welcome to Higher Ed, KUT's podcast focusing on issues of higher education, lifelong learning, and exercising the brain. I'm Jennifer Staten with KUT ninety point five Austin's NPR station. Talking as always with Dr. Ed Berger, president of Southwestern University in Georgetown, Texas. Hello, Ed. Hello, Jennifer,
0: and welcome back to campus.
1: Well, thank you. I am happy to be on campus. It always, I think kind of stimulates my thinking and my mm. inquiry, just sort of keeps me fresh
0: and hopping. Well, you're a lifelong learner, I mean, because you you you're in the news. I mean I, what you I do. Try is... to
1: be, I try to be a lifelong learner. Another thing that keeps me really sort of fresh and excited about our podcast episodes are when we hear from listeners. And you hear from listeners a lot when you travel That's right. and they give you feedback in person. I tend to get a lot of emails and texts and things.
0: And do we want those emails and texts oh, absolutely. or are they are they immediately
1: oh no we want those. Okay. Yes. And you can email me J Staten. That's J, the letter J S T A Y T O N at K U T dot org. So just email me J Staten at K U T dot org. Send your comments. Send your ideas for an episode. We really like ideas for episodes. Those are very cool to receive. Sure. And we received an email not long ago from a listener, Rebecca, who had an idea for an episode. So here's what she wrote in. She said, I love the puzzlers. Mm. Thank you, Rebecca. But I often find that I get them wrong because I make assumptions. Ah. For example, and she cites back to the episode, the one with the chessboard that went like on and on and on forever. Oh, the infinite
0: chessboard you're putting numbers on Yes,
1: and it was the one about which numbers would you have to put on so that the average of the four squares Mm -hmm. surrounding a square... And Rebecca said, I never thought to cover the board with the same number because I assumed I had to use different numbers. And by the way, I made that same assumption as Rebecca did. Yes. And so her question is, would you mind discussing assumptions? Mm. Why do you think we make them? Mm -hmm. What are some good mental habits to help stop us from making so many assumptions? I think that's a great question because she's exactly right. I mean, how often do we start out something even solving a puzzler with a set of assumptions that aren't necessarily there or true.
0: It's exactly right. And in fact, one thing that high impact educational practices uh, really should, should teach is how to overcome those assumptions. Because in, in the worst possible case uh, assumptions are bias and prejudice. I mean, literally it's you look at something and you just assume it's going to be this way. And, and that might be a completely biased perspective And we need to be able to be so open-minded that we can look past that kind of initial or knee-jerk reaction or thought and then try to see reality. So
1: in the case of the puzzler, the stakes are fairly low. Right. But I'm thinking back to an episode. It's a TV show, but it's a very striking example of the dangers of making an assumption. Yeah. It was a, a law, you know, there was a trial, it was a show about lawyers, there was a trial and the jury comes back to deliver their verdict and the lawyer is looking at their faces and he leans over to his client and says, I don't, I don't like the looks of their faces. You, you need to plead guilty. I think they're coming back with something really harsh. And, and she said, what are you talking about? And he said, I've done this a million times. I don't like the looks on their faces. Mm. And and he says, your honor, we want to enter a plea. Now this is TV. So I don't know if you can actually do that. So She pleads guilty to, I guess, the lesser charge that had been offered as a plea. They accept her plea. They take her off. And the judge says, excuse me, sir, speaking to the lawyer, can you approach for a moment? She hands him the piece of paper from the foreman and they had found her not guilty. Wow. But he made an assumption based on Mm. his experience looking at their faces. So he had some data to go on, but it turned out to be a very costly in this fictitious situation, very costly assumption.
0: Interesting. Yeah, I like that. I mean... Overcoming that bias and overcoming the, that that assumption uh, is extremely difficult. Because, How do you do it? Well, it's, it's by taking the approaches that we've been talking about now to be a, a more effective thinker. It's to be intentionally more open-minded. So, in, in fact, an episode or so ago, we talked about a puzzler where you had to kind of think about the opposite. Thing. yes, and, and so there 's an example if you 're trying to do one thing, then one ask about the opposite case. push things to extreme cases, so in the category of intentionally fail, do something that it, you know is not going to be right because it 's an extreme case, but then understand the breakpoints and see that oh i i'm I assumed that that the numbers have to be different on this, but it never it never said that explicitly I, I was working with some um, Retired uh, individuals who are lifelong learners, they invited me to give a lecture on uh, based on my course, Effective Thinking Through Creative Puzzle Solving, just recently. Uh, they were on my campus, and I was engaging with them, and, and I was giving them these little puzzles. And, and at one point, uh, one of the audience members said, well, you know, it didn't say that. And I said to someone else, did it say that on, the, on this puzzle? And someone said, oh, it does say it. And then the person who read it goes, and then he said, oh! And I stopped everybody and said, did you hear that sound? And and they said, yeah, that's the sound of an assumption being crashed. When you have that epiphany, that aha moment, that's a moment where learning happens. And we should be putting ourselves in positions to constantly be shattering assumptions. Now, not all assumptions are going to be wrong, but we have to be open to to challenge everything. The more challenging we are to to ourselves and our assumptions, I think the richer the, the conversation and the understanding is. So
1: as part of the question she submitted, Rebecca asked what I think is a really great question, which is why, and she's interested to hear your thoughts on this, why do you think we make assumptions? Like, what is it about our socialization or habits or learning? Why do we even start from that place of making the assumptions that we make?
0: Oh, I, I think it's because it's just human nature. Uh, I mean, if if I describe something to you or tell you a story or whether it's about a person or a situation, you will create all the detail around it. I mean, unlike when you're reading Harry Potter, where literally we're told, you know, what every corner of the room looks like and what the person sounds like and all of this stuff. If I just say to you, I'm thinking about a person who's walking around. Is that person on a desert? Is that person in, in a forest? Is that person in a city? What does that person look like? Is the person male or female? You will just make all these assumptions, and it's up to us to acknowledge what we're bringing to the story versus what we were told the story is. And that's true on, on issues that we're trying to resolve, whether they're puzzles or problems, uh, as well as just trying to understand things, whether it's public policy or whether it's social issues or whether it's personal issues issues. There's the stuff that's there, and then there's the stuff that's not there. And our minds, I think, as human beings, will fill in everything with putty, so everything will be there. We will see that scene, even though, in fact, the scene was not taking place in the city. It was actually taking place underwater, and we never saw that coming.
1: I think another reason to add to to what you've how you've answered Rebecca's question, I also think that one reason we make assumptions may be because – it's a bit of a comfort zone for us because we're bringing we're bringing what we know to the table as opposed to trying to figure out something we don't know often we make you know if we think about in a learning environment there's there's information there's content we don't know but there's some that we do know and when i think about assumptions i think we're basing them on knowledge that we have and that's right. always a safe place right
0: that's right that's and right and so
1: i wonder if also some of it is just you know, there's actually something I do know. <laughs> there's a lot I don't, but here's something I do know, and I'm bringing that and I'm holding on tight.
0: <laughs> well, and and getting back to Rebecca's example, so I asked this puzzler about, you know, filling uh, an endless chessboard with, with numbers, with counting numbers. And so she knows that if there's a math question that requires infinitely many numbers, I'm going to have to use all the numbers because that's how math questions go. And there is that bias and the prejudice that led to that assumption instead of saying well what if every single number was 7 the average of sevens are 7 and that works
1: all right i'm i'm making an assumption i think it's a safe assumption go ahead that that you have brought a new puzzler for us
0: uh that is a false assumption
1: <gasps> oh okay
0: it's not new oh i am bringing you a classic puzzler oh, this time i love time. the
1: classics i love the classics so see how you that assumption turned out see? that bias not so good no oh, not so good
0: this is a great and, and the, the reason why it's great is because no matter what the answer you give we can say the answer's correct.
1: Oh, this is my kind of puzzler.
0: <laughs> so whatever your answer is because it's a question about estimating. Now I'd like to have actually a good estimate. So okay. the the prize is kind of to Not give an a
1: outlandish estimate.
0: but if you're okay. estimating that means you don't have to get it exact, which means all answers are fine. And and it's a very very uh, straightforward question. Uh, okay. Have you seen a golf ball in your life? I have. Okay. And have you seen a school bus? In your life? I have. All right. The question is, estimate the number of golf balls that could completely fill up a school bus.
1: Estimate the number of golf balls that could completely fill up a school bus.
0: And you're supposed to estimate. So I'm not looking for an exact number, obviously, but just an order of magnitude, if you will.
1: I thought of a funny question to ask, but Go I'm ahead. gonna hold it. No, I'll hold it for the next episode. Ooh, it's
0: a cliffhanger. Well, a, a
1: comedy cliffhanger. It's a it is a comedy cliffhanger because I think it has no bearing on answering the question, but it's a Pe- funny thought. And people that I are have.
0: not in the bus, of course. The bus is empty.
1: Okay, bus is empty. Yeah, okay. Yeah.
0: In fact, in fact, just to make it real easy, pretend all the seats are gone. It's just the shell of the bus. Okay, shell And of I want to see how many ping pong okay. balls I can fill in there.
1: Well now ping pong or golf? Oh, I'm, sorry, I'm sorry, I'm um, sorry. No, no,
0: golf golf, golf balls. balls. I'm sorry. Okay. Golf huh.
1: I'm thinking, you know, so, wow. That, okay, my estimation is a lot.
0: Now, now, that, by the way, I like that. Now, I know you're trying to be a little bit funny, but that's a great guess because it's a lot. And now, as we've talked about in, I think, maybe even our first or second season, moving from qualitative thinking to quantitative thinking is a, a leap of effective thinking. So can you go from a lot to nail down? But if you got, if, you, if your answer is seven, it's probably not right. right. So it's going to be a lot. And well, now the question is, what's the order of magnitude? And, That's the question.
1: You know, we're talking about assumptions and what we bring to the table. And I'm thinking, you know, podcasts and radio are very much like that because, of course, people can't see what's going on. So That's they right. make assumptions about what we look like, who we are. I'm In my hand, I'm trying to imagine <laughs> sort of forming in the palm of my hand roughly what would be a golf ball because I'm, I'm just trying to think about golf ball and school bus and what.
0: But what you're doing is exactly right, which is to figure out how does a golf ball compare in size yeah. to a school yeah. bus. And again, in just rough, rough approximation and see where it leads you. So, so holding it, holding a invisible golf ball in your hand is exactly what you want to do. Yeah.
1: So, Ed, as we wrap up our episode about um, making assumptions, a, a really, I think, a, a great question from Rebecca. And you've touched on this some. What are some good mental habits to help us stop making assumptions? You've talked about open-minded, being mindful. Do you notice students in your work with them, as math students, as students in your, your class about effective thinking and, and puzzle solving, do they do that a lot?
0: They will do it when they become when they are conscious of it so when they ask themselves what am i assuming here the moment they think that then they can start to identify but if they don't have that question then it becomes part of the ambient space so one thing that we can all do is when we're faced with an issue or a puzzle to say i have assumptions in this puzzle don't ask do i have assumptions say there are assumptions i'm bringing to the table on this puzzle Let me articulate five of them right now. And that will force the identification of the stuff that's happening in the ambient space that you might not otherwise see.
1: It also sounds to me like this whole habit is something that, you know, who could start early in formal education?
0: Absolutely.
1: Just introducing the idea of, you know, when we're talking about. Golf balls and school buses or whatever the case may be. That's right. You're probably thinking about some things that you already know, but here's some ways you can set that aside or not let it interfere or not let it influence fresh thinking about it.
0: Like, for example, I bet you that most of our listeners are assuming that the golf ball is probably white and the school bus is probably yellow. yellow. And I never said that. And not that that's relevant, but I mean, but we again, we visualize the world of ideas and sometimes we actually bring in bias because of that.
1: Dr. Ed Berger, always fascinating conversations. Thank you so much. Dr. Ed Berger is president of Southwestern University in Georgetown, Texas. You can find out more at southwestern.edu. And you can keep your brain busy by keeping up with the news and other episodes of higher ed at KUT.org. I'm Jennifer Staten, KUT News.